The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the It's Complicated show. You're listening to Saga 960 AM. I'm your host, Scott Medora. Thank you for tuning in this evening. We have a wonderful guest on tonight, Chantelle Hyde. She's going to be talking to us about a lot of interesting things in the dating world today, uh, among other items as well. Chantelle, are you there? I am here. Hi, Scott. Hi, Chantelle. Thank you for joining us this evening. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, too. Thank you so much. So, Chantelle, tell us a little bit about your, I know you're an author of eight books, a little bit about um, what it is you do, and just tell the audience a bit about yourself. <laughs> well, you know what? I, uh, let me just say I'm a Sherpa, and this is why I wrote eight books. This is why I do what I do. Um, you know, if, if having an ideal relationship, and I really do mean ideal, like being with the right partner and having a relationship where there is zero fights, Yes, it's possible. It's like trying to get to the top of Mount Everest. For some, it seems like they'll never get there. And I've been to the top of the mountain. I've come back down, and I say to everybody, I can show you the way, and I will carry the burden of knowledge. And so I didn't, you know, I came to this through a very honest channel. I was making all the mistakes, and I ended up fixing them sometimes by accident, sometimes on purpose. And came to realize that there really is a different way of doing things. There's a better way of doing things. And it seemed to me that all of the signs were pointing to the fact, the need, that I should be doing this. So here I am. Wonderful. So, Chantelle, is there any, um, I know that you're the author of eight. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there any book in particular you'd like to point people to? Are they all specifically related to dating? Uh, or, or are they broader, different topics? Or... They are all, they're all relating to your happiness within a relationship and, okay. and happiness in general, too. Uh, the funny thing about my work is I'll have people who, who watch my TikToks, listen to my videos, and they say, I'm single, but I'm taking notes right now. <laughs> um, and so, but my favorite book, people ask me that all the time. And I have to, can I, can I actually say the title online? Of course. Okay. So <laughs> my favorite book is Fix That Shit. Because it is so near and dear to my heart. Because as I was writing it, I was fixing my relationship. And we went from 10 years of fighting to five years, not a single fight now. And I'm proud of what I've been able to accomplish in my relationship and how I've changed myself and how my partner has responded to the changes that I've made. And we are now in what I call a sustained honeymoon period. It's amazing. Well, that's beautiful, and I'm positive that people want to hear more about that, Chantel. Now, another thing that you talk about that I want to kick off the show with is about your no kissing for three months dating rule. Now, now I'm going to say that the majority, if not all people, are going to say, well, now that's impossible. You can't do that. It's not possible. Hmm. So I want you to tell us why it is and how it's is sustainable, because you know what most people are going to say. I'm sure you've been met with um, the, the, the challenge of, oh, that, that's just not possible. So I wanted to hear your feedback on that. Well, what I like to say is that it's actually natural. We are mammals by design, right? Like we are mammals and the species human beings. And so when you look at the animal world, what happens is the males put on a display and the females select the best partner. So 
observation is natural for our species. But what's happened is we've fallen into this trap of going by the male seed. And the male seed is an eager seed because males have a 24-7 fertility cycle. They are designed to be good to go 24-7. Females have a two, three-day fertility cycle. We are designed to take a step back and then choose a great mate. Because, listen, when we make a baby, we need to make sure that we're choosing the kind of mate who's going to stick around and help us make the baby survive. So we do need to have that observation period. Absolutely, Chantel. So now the the most common question that um, a, a woman would say was, well, you know, how how is this possible? Like, what if he makes a move? What do I do? Da, da, da. So wh- how would you counter that? What would you tell uh, someone who would say that? Right. So we all know when we're headed towards a kiss, right? Yes. Like boy meets girl, hang out a little bit, you know, have one date, two dates, maybe three dates. But by the third date, we know if we're headed towards a kiss or not because there's chemistry. He looks good enough. He smells nice enough. He seems good on paper. And he's thinking the same thing about us. And so you're picking up in the airwaves that there's something going on here. We're feeling each other. And you know when you're headed towards a kiss. It doesn't surprise us when we kiss. And so when we get that feeling, we have a conversation instead of a kiss. So you don't wait until they move in for the kiss and go, oh, no, 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 I'm using a three-month no kissing rule. You say, hey, you know what? I just want to let you know that I'm using this three-month no kissing rule because I really want to make sure that I'm going to commit to the right person because I've done my playtime. You know, if if I was just out for fun, the criteria is, do you look good enough? Do I trust you? That's it. But when I'm looking for a long-term relationship, the criteria is, are we compatible? Do we have the same life goals? Are we working on the same timeline towards those goals? Are you consistent in your behavior? Do you have a good character? Do you make me laugh more than anybody else? And so... We want to know that we should. We should know this before we kiss and commit. And, you know, and I like to say we should be using a see where it goes and kiss the right one method instead of what we are currently using, which is kiss and see where it goes. Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree with you more, Chantal. That's a great point. Now, how would you, what would you suggest to the women out there who say, if I don't give it to him early enough or when he wants it, he's just going to go get it somewhere else? What would you say to mm-hmm. that? I love this question because there are two mindsets, selfish short-term thinking or generous long-term thinking. And so that's hookup mindset versus relationship mindset. Hookup mindset is here today, gone tomorrow, have a good time, bye-bye, that's it. Mm -hmm. Relationship mindset is long time. Like generous long-term thinking means I want to choose somebody that I want to take care of for a long time. We both want to take care of each other. Love is a verb. Love is what you do to make the other person happy. When you are looking for a relationship, you're looking for somebody to love. And so when you say to somebody, I'm not going to kiss for three months, and he goes, I can't wait three months for a first kiss, guess what he is? A selfish short-term thinker. And so you know he's not in the right mindset. He's not in your mindset. And you need, first of all, to select mindset and then compatibility. Because if you fall for somebody who is in the wrong mindset, so if you fall for compatibility, but he's a selfish short-term thinker, then you get upset. He's not giving me what I want. He's not giving me what I need, which is a relationship. And this is where we say, oh my God, he's such an asshole. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, if you, if everything else is lined up and, you know, the physical attraction is there and everything else is good and she just feels this tremendous pressure, is that still enough to, in your opinion, you say, you know what, he he isn't, as you're calling it, a generous long-term thinker. He's just, you are not in his long-term plans, even if everything else is perfectly aligned. Well, everything else is in, he makes you laugh, he's good on paper, yes. but he's saying, if you don't kiss me, I'm going to go. Yes. Or give up uh, even more, like like sexually. Right, right, right. But yeah. you know, it starts with the kiss, because of course. this is the thing about the kiss, we are chemical beings. Every emotion you have is a chemical reaction. Yes. Warm and fuzzy is oxytocin. Reward, or yeah, warm and fuzzy is oxytocin. Reward is dopamine. Happiness is serotonin. And so... Kissing is phenylethylamine. That's an aphrodisiac. This is why kissing precedes sex. And so what he's saying is, I don't want you to know me well enough before I hook you. Yes. Because the thing about the kiss, when we talk to women, and I, I know a lot of women are listening right now, and they're going to go, uh-huh, when I say this, when we kiss as women, and then the next day somebody says, can I take you out? We say, no, I'm seeing someone. Even if we kiss that person on the first, second, or third date. Mm -hmm. So we are hooked with the kiss. And subconsciously, men know that. That's why they go for the kiss early. Because they want exclusivity, even if they're not willing to commit to a relationship. That Yeah, you know what? That's uh, that's absolute fact. So, so tell us about your... 10 years of fighting to five years of what you call now a sustained honeymoon period and how that is attainable because people are going to say, oh, come on, that's BS, that's impossible. So what are the steps or a singular, uh, what is your advice to, to, to get to that level? Like you said, top of the mountain, back and down and that type of thing. Yeah, you have to start with meditation. Look, you have no idea how far I came my mom was physically abusive. Her mother was physically abusive. My great-grandmother was probably physically abusive. Wow. I myself was physically abusive. So in my gene code is depression, anger, abuse. And I brought all this with me into my relationships, and I was combative. I get into this relationship. He's a good man. He is such a good man. It wasn't until I started meditating that I started calming myself. Now, what meditation does, and now Harvard did a study. They have people come in, do an MRI scan, go home, meditate for eight weeks, come back, do another MRI scan, looked at the, the two brain scans side by side and saw that the brain had changed shape in two places. The amygdala shrank. Amygdala is your fight or flight. This is where stress, fear, and anxiety comes from. When you reduce that part of your brain, you reduce your capacity to feel stress, fear, and anxiety. When you reduce those emotions, you stop vomiting them into the relationship. Unnecessary fights die down. Mm-hmm. That, that's actually interesting. So now, are you saying that the core of it then, Chantal, is, is meditation or is it something you can actively practice? Uh, each person independently has to do that? Or w- w- what are you suggesting exactly that both... Well, the funny thing is, men already have a nothing spot in their brain. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because we'll say to you, what are you thinking? And sometimes they'll go, oh, nothing. And it's true. Yeah. We don't have that. And so in a relationship, if I can get the woman meditating, oh, my God, does it ever change? Interesting. So uh, on the male's part, you're saying it's not something that they need to actively um, partake in. Like they don't necessarily need to meditate to make it work. A good man is already there. 
a good man already wants to let go of negativity. Mm -hmm. But we tend to spin because our brains are overactive. And when our amygdalas are too big, it does what I call blitzing. Our brains go on autopilot. You know when you're driving and you zone out, but you still get to your destination? Yep. Because your brain can take over functions for you. You've done this so many times, let me do it for you. So we are highly affected by what's going on around us, the traffic, the bosses, the people. When we get anxiety over and over and over again because of circumstances that are legitimate, our brain goes, well, you've had all these anxiety reactions. Let me start doing them for you. And it starts feeding these reactions to us. Now, we're designed to look outside of of ourselves for the problem. I had this emotional reaction. It must be you because you're the one standing beside me. So I'll find a story. No problem. It'll happen pretty quick. (laughs) You have to change this. And so I'll take a fight with you about it. But men, you know, the reason why they bring up so many things when we try to bring up one issue is because they're busy trying to not bring up issues. They're busy trying to get over them and leave them behind and hope that it just passes and fixes itself. So getting a woman to meditate really helps her kind of get on the same level as him. And remember, I'm talking about good men, generous long-term thinkers, not selfish short-term thinkers. Yes. Because with a selfish short-term thinker, it doesn't matter how hard you try, you will never get it good. Oh, it's so true, and that's and that's important to point out. It's not every single guy, yeah. right? So um, that's important. So, uh, Chantel, we'll take a quick break. If you can hang on with us, we'd appreciate that. And uh, we'll be back on the inside of commercial. We'll talk a little bit about chivalry, whether that's outdated or not, and among many other topics. We'll be right back with Chantel Hyde. You're listening to Saga 960 AM to the It's Complicated Show. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on Saga960AM.ca. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the It's Complicated Show. You're listening to Saga960AM. We're welcoming back our guest, Chantal Hyde. Chantal, thank you for staying with us. Hey, no problem. Okay, so we're going to jump right back in, Chantel. So we were talking about, uh, before the break, just uh, as we come back, uh, about chivalry. Now, a lot of people will say, and I think it's important to point out throughout the show, you're referring to the good men, not just guys in general, um, that uh, a lot of people will say, well, chivalry's dead, so I have to settle for a guy who does not pull a chair out for me, open a door for me, buy flowers for me, or any of those things that are a representation of what people call old-fashioned. And I hate that term because it's just, I don't think it's old-fashioned. I think it's just professing your love to the woman. It's not that it's old-fashioned. It's just that just because people don't do it doesn't mean it's old-fashioned, right? But what are your thoughts on um, people who say chivalry is dead? I think they're jaded. (laughs) I agree. Yeah, I think they're jaded. Um, Unfortunately, you know, and and I find people are being conditioned to be numb to goodness, right? Like, Mm -hmm. no kissing for three months is a courtship period. Um, But they're like, nobody will wait three months for a first kiss. And I'm like, are you you serious? Like, you don't believe in courtship anymore? You don't believe in giving somebody an opportunity to show you how great they can be? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean... uh 
I'm sure you're familiar with Steve Harvey and he gets a lot of flack for the three month no sex rule because people say Mm -hmm. that's just inhumane and it's impossible. And if you don't give it up, then, you know, he's just going to get it somewhere else and it's just not possible and I have to or else I'm going to lose him. So the no kissing thing, like you said, I do understand what you're saying that it leads to that. But when when Steve Harvey mentions stuff like that, the amount of flack he gets about the 90 day rule and 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 not um, putting out sex, stuff like that. It's just so imagine for a kiss, I can imagine the, the flack you receive. Now, Chantel, what type of results when people are they thankful to you just to get a sort of synopsis of when you say that and and they're so against it? Do you ever get a, oh, thank you so much for the advice? Or do you get a, oh, man, that didn't work for me? Like, what's your normal reaction to that? I get more thank you than negativity. Wonderful. I I really do. Um, Because, you know, I'm reintroducing the concept that you are valuable Mm -hmm. in essence. You, you can wait. And I don't just get thank yous from women and young women. I get thank yous from males who say, you are so right. Thank you for teaching this. Because here's the thing. Because we subscribe culturally to this notion that you have to kiss to see where it goes. And if you don't, you miss the opportunity to get into a relationship. Men, generous long-term thinkers, are sidelined because Men don't flash. Men are diamonds in the rough, which means you get to know them over time because they're selective with their energy. They're going to observe you and see if you're worth the diamond inside of them. Guys are flashy on the outside because they're peacocking, because they're trying to get everything they can, because they're in the mode of like, hey, I just want to stick it where I can. Mm -hmm. And so the faster they can hook you in, the faster they can have their fun and then move on to the next one because that's the mode they're in. And so women keep falling for guys, selfish short-term thinkers, and they're overlooking men. So men love what I say. They love my books. They love my videos. And women love what I say because I'm opening their eyes. That's wonderful. Now, I guess it would fall into the category of, as you coin it, selfish short-term thinkers. But the women who will tell you, and I'm sure you've heard it numerous times, well, you know, all men are pigs and all they think about is sex. And that's why I can't get anywhere. And that's why I can't find a guy. Now, to that woman, is that where you come back with the, well, that's because you're meeting the selfish short-term thinker? Is that is that what kind of you come back with for them? or? 100%. Okay. And now when they say to you, because uh, I'm sure they would combat that with, well, where are the, the nice guys? I can't find the nice guys then, Chantel. How do you respond to that? I say they're everywhere. They're literally, they just passed you on the street when you were walking down the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Men no. are everywhere. They are everywhere. You just need to give them an opportunity. Absolutely. Now, when going back to the whole chivalry concept and old fashioned and all that, how how would you react to the concept of, say, a woman picking up a guy that she has an interest in? Do you think that's frowned upon? Do you think that's socially acceptable? Is it normal? Is it what do you think? I say we must. You we must. must. And again, that's another thing that we forgot um, because because we were taught to fall for the guys. We were taught to fall. Come on, Scott, you have to admit, this is a patriarchal society, right? Of course. And so we are conditioned, we're brainwashed to go for the glitz and fall for the glitz. And and so, you know, falling for the glitz means falling for the guy who comes to us. Well, the guy who comes to us is the one who's looking to stick it in us. Mm -hmm. But when 
we actually approach a man. We approach the one who looked at us from across the room and said, oh, she's attractive. There's no way she's not with somebody already. When we go to him and we have a short conversation, I call the hit and run dating, the flirting technique. So you go, you make him laugh, you say a few things back and forth, and then you say, you know what, I really have to go, but here's my information. I'd love to grab a cup of coffee with you sometime. Why don't you send me an email or give me a call or send me a text or hit me up on Snapchat? When we open the door, let them know we are available and we are interested. Now we create more opportunity. Now we're not just picking from the ones who are picking us. We're bold enough to cross that room because they're playing the law of averages and they don't care if you say no. Mm-hmm. When we go up to the one that makes our heart skip, because maybe there was some intuition going on there. When we go up to them and we smile at them and we let them know they can pursue us, now we start opening the door to those generous long-term thinkers. Absolutely. And, and the traditional, as you would call it, short-term thinking or traditional mindset is that, well, if he's really interested in me, he should approach me. So you're taking the um, opposite sort of end of the spectrum saying he could be presumptuously assuming that you are taken because you are so captivating to him that it is yeah. not a bad thing to yeah. make a move. So, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, how and this is always a I don't know if you have one Chantel that that is that is uh, definitively got a, t- a timetable to it but do you think there's there should be a a period of time that someone should commit to texting slash talking nowadays people call texting talking so it's almost always texting but texting slash talking before a first date because now everything is so online driven that. You could get caught in this cycle of texting for days, weeks, even potentially months and never mm-hmm. meet this person. And they could be, you know, balancing you with several other people and you don't know. So is there a timeline that you would say, OK, two days, one day, seven days, you cut it off. Is there a timeline you have for that? I would say like a week or two, get a sense of the person, right? Like, you know, some people are texting every day. Some people are texting maybe three times a week, right? Mm-hmm. So a week or two to get a sense of feel for the person mm-hmm. and and then meet in person. Uh, don't create a relationship online. And, and by the way, the great thing about the no kissing rule is that you should be, us as women especially, we should be looking at more than one person at a time. Again, observing males putting on a display, selecting the best one. Don't don't like put somebody in your sights and then put blinders on to any other opportunity. No kissing means no commitment. You kiss and you commit. But before that kiss, don't commit to somebody. Don't say no to anybody else who wants to spend time with you. Okay, now so this is interesting. So you're saying that in those three months, it's not a bad thing to see multiple people because you're not committed. Not at all. You should be vetting. Why vet only one person at a time? It doesn't make any sense. This, this rule, you think you're putting something off. In fact, you are, you are avoiding wasting time. No, the reason I asked Chantel is because there, there's a lot of dilemmas nowadays that people face on men and women with uh, the, the term exclusivity, right? Are we exclusive, right? So mm-hmm. within those three months, if you sort of encapsulate a three-month period and say, you know, in this period of time uh, with a given person, you are free to discover and explore, uh, you know, that that's not a bad thing because what it is is I think people feel that, oh, like you said, the kiss kind of locks it in for the female, for example, um, that you, you're 
you're you're leaving the window open for other opportunities and you haven't locked yourself in with one person and you know I can't speak or or see anyone else for 90 days or whatever. Yes. You know. And and it really is a great process to see what organically happens, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you kiss and commit, if you if you do the kiss to see where it goes, you commit it to a stranger. And then you're going to go into a honeymoon period. You're going to go into what I call best behavior syndrome because those chemicals that are released in your body, when we meet each other, when we meet somebody new, your chemicals are jacked up anyways because newness creates an excitement in your chemicals, a heightening in your chemicals. You still feel excited. You still have a honeymoon period. When you add the kiss chemical, phenylethylamine, on top of that, it jacks it through the roof. And so that's when you miss the red flags because now your, your brain is fuzzy. You are, you are just super hyped up on your chemicals. And, and so, you know, you're going to do three months and it's going to be great. But then the chemicals die down, your body readjusts, and then you start seeing the red flags and you go, oh, but those first three months were so good. If I try harder, then we can get back to that. And, but in fact, it was an artificial goodness. Women will, you know, we, we, <laughs> we won't get grumpy. <laughs> we don't get grumpy for three months. That's what, you know, it's because of the chemicals. So we try harder. Now we're in for six months. Then we go into what is an escalation of commitment. Well, I spent this amount of time. I don't want to lose the time I put on the table. If I invest more time, maybe I'll get my investment back and get the relationship that I want. Now you're wasting minimum six months, probably a year or two for some of us who do what I call pitbull syndrome, which is holding on for, to something for far too long. But if you're doing no kissing for three months dating rule and you let the red flags be apparent and you see who becomes focused on you to the exclusion of others, you see who you fall for to the exclusion of others, naturally getting to know who they are, their character, their personality, the consistency, the fact that the behaviors line up with the words. And no kissing doesn't mean no affection, by the way. So because you're using a no kissing, you're coming up with inventive ways to show appreciation and affection for the other person. You develop genuine intimacy, which is what you want. Intimacy should not be a byproduct of sexuality. Okay, I like that you said that. So then, then Chantel, are you essentially saying that you could hug, hold hands? Is that acceptable? 100%. Perfect. Nuzzle, slow dance in your kitchen. Go for it. Beautiful. Okay. So there's alternatives to just specifically sexual and kissing. So that, that that's that's very interesting. Now, let, sorry, go ahead. I, let me say this to the women. If he is listening to you, if he is applying the things that you say would make you happy, if you look at him and you start to feel warm and fuzzy, you need to show it through affection. Because no matter how much you say, I appreciate you, you're so great, if you are not affectionate with him, it does not click in his brain. Mm, interesting. Interesting, because guys have a completely different... Uh, yeah, no, that, that makes complete sense. Um, now, now, Chantal, I'm curious what you say about this one, because I did a show a few months back about uh, first date signs, red flags, that type of thing. So what would you say uh, on a first date that you could look for that are signs that a person is into you as opposed to just being blase, neutral and going through the motions? Interesting. Um, Here's the thing. You don't know because, uh, you know, dynamic guys are dynamic, right? So they're going to look you in the eyes. 
interested guys are going to look you in the eyes. So men and guys will be behaving in very much the same way. They'll be saying very much the same things. Yes, I do want a relationship. Mm -hmm. But time tells whether or not the truth is being told. And so using a no kissing for three months dating rule means the guy, the guy, the selfish short-term thinker who says he wants a relationship will reveal himself if you're not kissing for three months because selfish short-term thinkers can't wait three months. They want what they want when they want it. Mm-hmm. So in the initial stage, even on that first date, it is difficult to discern. But if on the first date, you need to state your intent. Hey, I just want to let you know, I'm done my playtime and I'm really looking for a long-term relationship because I really want to get married and have kids and buy a house. What about you? And when you ask that question in that way, you need to do this in person because you need to observe body language. You need to observe the answer the way it happens. And so the one who says, well, uh, I don't know, I'm not sure, there's your first red flag, to be honest. Mm -hmm. That means he's not quite ready. And definitely listen to the words coming out of his mouth. If he says, I'm not ready for a relationship, he's not ready for a relationship. I love that you said that, Chantel, about time, because I preach that all constantly, is that time reveals everything. People can tell mm-hmm. you literally anything they want to in the beginning to get the result that they desire, right? Because um, you don't know them, they don't know you, so all you have is words. And if those words aren't followed up with action, it, it becomes very, like you said, it becomes very apparent fairly early on, depending on what the circumstance is. But um, one more question I wanted to ask you before break, I'm I'm curious to get your sort of uh, angle on it. And that is, I don't know, again, if there's a definitive timeline to to such things, but is there a period of time that you would say you must be broken up uh, relationship wise or divorced marriage wise before you start looking for love again or throwing your, uh, you know, fishnet out there again? Or is it just sort of varies person to person? No. Listen, some relationships are over long before the breakup, right? Yes, absolutely. So sometimes, you know, there's, and and even some people like suffered greatly through the breakup. It's, It's very heartbreaking. They didn't see it coming. Regardless of what position you're in, use a no kissing for three months dating rule. If the breakup, if it put you in a heartbroken position, don't say, I don't want anybody. Because that's a signal to the universe to block any opportunity, no matter how great they are. And I do believe in spirituality. I do believe in manifestation. I do believe what we think is. Our thoughts are powerful. Um, And so don't say, I don't want anybody. Say, I am taking a time and space boundary to make sure that I don't fall into my next relationship. But I'm letting opportunity come to me and I'm going to use a no kissing for three months dating rule to make sure I choose the right partner for myself. And I'm going to read that book, No More Assholes, to make sure I understand the difference between a selfish short term thinker and a generous long term thinker. Mm-hmm. I love that. No, because and, and the reason why I ask Chantel is because you, I, I firmly believe uh, exactly what you just said. And that is that many, I don't want to say most, because sometimes people are just blindsided and they don't know the other person was planning on breaking up with them. But there are many relationships that are dead in the water months before they are 
definitively cut off and ended or one person just decides to say I've had enough. So it isn't necessarily, I mean, there are, there are circumstances obviously where one person is caught off guard, you know, the other person's been seeing someone else for a while or whatever the case may be. But there are many circumstances where uh, it's been dead for a long time and they've just been going through the motions due to comfort or whatever the um, convenience might be. It could be splitting the bills or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, there, there are so many different um uh, circumstances with that but uh, we are going to take a break and we'll be right back Chantel thank you so much we'll be right back with Chantel Hyde and we're going to take a quick break um, and you're listening to the It's Complicated show on Saga 960 AM I'm your host Scott Medor and we'll be right back Stream us live at Saga960AM.ca everybody. Welcome back to the It's Complicated show. You listen to Saga 960 AM. I'm your host, Scott Mador. Happy to be joined by Chantel Hyatt. Hi, Chantel. Hey, Scott. Hey, thank you for hanging on for our final segment. We really appreciate it. Um, now, Chantel, so uh, loved your points about, you know, um, the, the courting and all of that, uh, the, the gap between breakups, and, and I think all that is wonderful. Now, as it applies to what you do now, is there a particular uh, problem that you would experience most with clients that they require help with, or is it sort of broad across the spectrum, or do you experience a most common um, thread with people? I, I would say the most common thread with people is self-esteem. Um, mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> a lot of us were not raised ideally. We, we, were, we weren't raised by people who themselves had high enough self-esteem. And so it became generational. And they doubt themselves. They doubt that they can be loved and appreciated for who they are. They don't know how to grow. That's the next most common problem is how do you develop yourself? There is such a lack of role models. Um, so really, that's kind of what I teach people the most is how you can develop yourself. Oh, I love that because it's it's so true. There is no, not in school, uh, most often not at home, but they certainly don't teach that in elementary school, uh, self-esteem. It's all about uh, between languages and geography and history and math and English, but nobody teaches you how to love yourself. That's for sure. Um, exactly. And, and yeah, you know what? That, that's, a, that's a great point. So um, now what would be your first approach with that, Chantel? When, you, when you're speaking with someone, is, is there a particular, is it a step system? Uh, it's obviously not a, a one-trick, uh, you know, love yourself, but is there a particular method that you, you take, or is it uh, specific to the person? Or Definitely. I, I, listen, I'm a social scientist, and I am a behaviorist. So, I, you know, in order to have a different outcome, you have to change your behavior. Mm-hmm. I love social sciences. I study sociology, psychology, anthropology, biology, as it relates to how we connect with each other as human beings. It all starts with meditation. I mentioned before that when you meditate, the amygdala shrinks. What increases is your hippocampus, that is introspection and compassion. How you think about yourself becomes improved. How you forgive other people becomes improved. So 
everything starts with meditation, and then I layer more brain-altering, more brain-changing, more brain-restructuring, right? Because meditation restructures your brain. It changes the shape. I do other things that have you change the shape of your brain. We have a naturally negative brain. Did you know that? that I do. I do. And negative. I... Yes. Yeah, and releases the positive. And so there's a 100-day gratitude challenge that you can do that trains your brain to become more naturally positive. I teach people how to inhale goodness. In essence, those moments where we feel like everything is right with the world, we tend to just go, oh, that's nice, and then skip past it. I teach people to grow those moments, to enhance them within their own body physically. I say, inhale that. Make it a part of your DNA so that you become more accustomed to goodness. Once I teach people how to better themselves, the next thing I have to teach them is how to accept how much better their lives become. I gotta tell you, it's a skill. It's a skill, it's a mantra. Yes, goodness, thank you, I accept you. Yes, goodness, thank you, I accept you. It's amazing how much we reject goodness because it is unfamiliar. It's, it's so true. And the thing, I did a lot of research on that over the last couple of years about how our, how our minds naturally default to the negative, uh, no matter what we're experiencing. It's, oh, you know, life is good now, but oh my God, something horrible is going to happen to me. Uh, things are going too good. Oh, something bad is bound to happen. And we constantly create these negative scenarios in our minds. It doesn't matter if it's at a job, in a relationship, in our family, in our personal life, in our health. Uh, we're always looking for like some sort of counterance to what the goodness that's going on well this this can't last you know it's it's something bad bad's going to happen it's just the way our minds are wired unfortunately um now with uh this one is an interesting question Chantal, that i wanted to ask you because it leans so heavily on today's society and that is that with so many options out there there's just this absolute overage of abundance as it applies to apps and websites and and just this absolute meat market of opportunity out there of of people uh, and 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 alternatives to meet um you know potential mates so is there a way to narrow your search and if so what would you suggest yeah so listen there has always been an abundance of males who are willing to just have fun and move on right Mm -hmm. It's, it's not because we have the internet that this is now just happening but what you need to do is pay attention to the form of communication that you're getting from these people. When you write your bio, you should be writing things that are descriptive about yourself. When you look at the messages that you get, you should be looking for people who pointed something out. Look for somebody who is obviously looking for who you are instead of just looking at what you look like. Mm-hmm. And that's so important because I think, um, as you called it, the the short term thinking guy, those, those type, they will be commenting on your appearance, how quickly you can hook up, and it's going to be a very short snippet. And I don't know, what is your opinion um, on men? I'm using men here as an example uh, that will give you. Is there anything to be said for messages that elaborate versus quick one liners? Does it show more or less interest? A hundred percent. Quick one-liners are copy and paste. This is somebody playing the law of averages. Oh, she looks cute, copy, paste. Oh, she looks cute, copy, paste. You're looking for the person who's reading bios because the person who's reading bios is the one who's looking for a relationship. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, in, in saying that, how would you dissect someone who's doing that? Would you look for someone who's made a comment on your bio specifically? Yes, somebody okay. who said something about what you wrote about yourself. 
That's interesting. That that's interesting because that would say a lot. Um, because it wouldn't be a, hey, beautiful or right. you look hot. Because that's just generic, like you said, copy hey. and paste, right? So hey, how's your day, right? Exactly. exactly, exactly. So something more specific to, hey, I see that you like tennis. You go, oh my god, you must have read my bio. You know, it's 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 a lot more um, specific than than just you know saying. Uh, commenting on your attractiveness, right? Um, exactly. Yeah. So, with um, a theme too, Chantel, in today's world is um, a common complaint I hear a lot, and it's and I think it's it's natural in in our human behavior is that when you uh, get discouraged from these apps, like oh my god, I deleted the app and I got off of it for two months and I went back to it again. Um, is there any way to maybe this is not a a good way to, to to put this question but is there any way to counter that where you just get so burnt out with these apps and these websites and you just get so frustrated is there any way to counter that just be smarter in your searches or what do you suggest that way just be smarter in who you respond to like the ones who are doing what i call the copy and paste hey beautiful hey how's your day don't even go look at the bio. You're wasting so much time. Mm-hmm. So the ones who are copy and paste, delete, 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 right? Yep. You, don't, you don't spend any time on that. That greatly reduces the amount of time and aggravation because if you start a conversation with a selfish short-term thinker, well, along comes the DPIC, um, you know, because they're <laughs> just looking for somebody who's going to respond to sexual aggression because they're looking for somebody who's up for it. So they do get sexual very fast, and that's what's frustrating women. Oh, my God, I'm looking for a relationship, and there's all these guys. And I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of guys, and you're looking for the man, and this is how you will discern the man. So all these copy and paste, delete, delete, delete. And when you see somebody who's saying something about what you said about yourself, go take a look at that one. So what you're essentially saying is discard probably 80% of the messages that you're getting that are time-wasting, um, yeah. that are copy and pasted. Don't even respond to them. Don't even acknowledge them. Even if he looks cute. That's that's the hook, line, and sinker, right? Oh, he's really hot. I That's why I... But you're wasting your time, essentially. Yeah. That's what you're doing, right? Now, Chantel, in terms of... It's no secret that in today's world, divorce rates are astronomical, never mind the pandemic with all the horrible things that have gone on domestically and all that kind of stuff. Even pre-COVID, the divorce rates were pretty much teetering on 50% or higher. Um, That's not even mentioning relationships. That's just actual marriages. Now, what would you say? um, I've got a couple things myself, but I'm very curious what you say on this is um, the core foundation of a successful relationship to to sort of identify not not necessarily early, but that in, in a relationship that you'd say, you know what, if I don't have these things, good luck with this relationship going anywhere like the core foundation of a strong relationship. Respect. Mm-hmm. There has to be respect. Um, and there, there has to be generosity. Again, love is a verb. Love is what you do to make the other person happy. So respect work ethic, in essence, your desire to work in the relationship. There has to be understanding. My number one relationship rule is it's not fair to ask for anything you're not willing to do first. I see a lot of people saying, he doesn't understand me. And I'm like, do you understand him? (laughs) And so understanding is very important. Know each other's love language. I used to say to my husband, you don't love me. And he'd go, are you crazy? I did this, I did this, I did that. And then we took a love language quiz and I went, oh my God, he's acts of service. Yep. That's what we found out. And so I started translating. 
and and again, you do need to be okay with some sacrifice. My love language is words of affirmation. My husband thinks words of affirmation is weak. He is opposite <laughs> of words of affirmation. And a lot of males are like that because they are brought up in a world where big boys don't cry. Mm-hmm. And so they're desensitized to words of affirmation because they were taught, you shouldn't even want that because that's weak. And, and so I've learned that it's okay for me to fill my love language up from other sources my fans give me some amazing words of affirmation. I let that love me. And I let my husband love me his way, acts of service, and I translate. When I, dis- when I realized he was acts of service, it doesn't mean my, my brain stopped circulating to he doesn't love me. It took a while for it to stop saying that. But whenever that thought popped up, my, I see life begins when you ask the right question. Yes. So when that would pop up in my head, I would say, what has he done for me lately? I'd go back in the past week or two. I could always find something he's done because that's the kind of man he is, work ethic. And I would find what he's done for me lately and say, oh, there's the love. Interesting. Yeah, no, and that's very important because, like you said, it can be um, everybody expresses it in different ways. And that's so important to recognize. Now, Chantal, as we wind down the show, um, before we go, I wanted to give you an opportunity to sort of plug your social media where people can reach you um, and all the different avenues out there. Right. So you can find me absolutely everywhere by typing Canada's Dating Coach into a Google search engine. I am very active on TikTok. Um, It's where I have my biggest following, actually, which makes me so happy because all these ladies in their 20s are learning it (laughs) now. And can I tell you, I want to start a revolution. I want people to learn what I teach, to have a couple that is cohesive and functional because we are monkeys designed to imitate their children will watch them and seek that same kind of relationship. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, I want to change the world. So, you know, Instagram, I have a website. I have a YouTube channel with a Let's Meditate playlist because let's get everybody meditating. Come find me on TikTok because there, I have, literally have thousands of videos on TikTok. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, Chantel, we really thank you for having you on the the show tonight and uh, all of the valuable information that you dropped here, uh, some real gems to help people. And we really appreciate that. And everybody check out Chantel on social media at the avenue she just gave you. Chantel, thank you so much again. We really valued you having you tonight. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Scott. Thank you, Chantel. Have a wonderful evening. Take care. You too. All right, everybody, that was the It's Complicated show for this evening. That was Chantel Hyde. You can find her on Canada's Dating Coach on Google. You can search her up. And that's our show for this evening. You're listening to Saga 960 AM. And signing off for this week, we'll catch you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Missed part of the show or the whole show? Go to saga960am.ca to find the podcast.